Tells the sun to rise every morning, colors the sky with the shades of his glory, makes us with mercy and love. Jesus does. Who holds the orphan, comforts the widow, cries for injustice. Feels every sorrow, carries the pain of his children. Jesus does. So we sing praise to the Father who gave us the Son. Praise to the Spirit who's living in us. When I was a sinner, he saved me from. 
All right, it's good to see everybody here tonight. Those of you that have made it and braved these storms. When we come over the mountain, it's like it wasn't doing nothing on the other side of the mountain. It's like come over and it's misting. Next thing I see, orange lightning. I'm going, that's not a good sign. <laughs> I said, Faith, I said, find a radar and see what that looks like. She did. It all was good. So, uh, remind you of our announcements real quickly. Uh, I've got to figure out where I'm at. Don't think there's anything. Is there anything? Is there anything Saturday? Don't think, Seth. We're good. We're good. Um, the third Saturday is men's breakfast, eight thirty, here at the church. Uh, prime timers will be the fourth Saturday here at the church at the Fellowship Hall. Um, the Bible study first Saturday of the month at eight thirty in I guess the Fellowship Hall, and uh, so um, do what. Heart to heart. Okay. Okay. Heart to heart will not be happening this month because spring break starts. And then, so their next heart to heart will be the 18th of April. Okay. And more information coming uh, when that gets closer. All right. And Brother Ron has a couple of announcements he wants to make tonight. So we'll turn it to him for just a bit. Yeah, I just wanted to remind everybody, don't forget this coming, this weekend is uh, daylight saving time. So don't forget to set your clocks forward. You're going to be an hour late. Uh, oh, the other announcement. Uh, we have selected a pastor, and he will be trying out on Sunday the 19th. Not this coming Sunday, but the following Sunday morning and Sunday night. After church on Sunday morning... We will have a meet-and-greet question-and-answer period back in uh, the uh, fellowship hall. And so stick around for that. Uh, bring sandwiches, chips, whatever for that. And uh, then Sunday night will be the election on the 19th. So. Where'd you go? All right, and let's be in prayer about that. Uh, before we get in our worship, let's just go to the Lord in prayer and... Uh, Take your, the, our prayer needs. Remember all those on the prayer list. Um, I was thinking about Donna Phelps today. And I don't know, has anybody heard one way or the other how she's doing? So, uh, hmm? Yeah, I'll, yeah, I will. Amen. But I don't know about her, but remember her. Remember uh, James and Lisa Armstrong and Parker? Uh, James's mother passed away today. And so let's remember their family and uh, just uh, hold them up and uh, drop them a card. Text them if you got their number or whatever and just let them know we're thinking about them and praying about them and praying for them uh, that the Lord will guide and direct them through this difficult time and that they will sense the Lord's presence and his comfort in their hearts and lives. And Several, I, I won't mention, Brother Gerald was talking about he got to where he's having trouble hearing and he's going to try to get to see a, a hearing doctor and my wife said hers has been bothering her so um, let's just and Kathy says her ears have been bothering her too so let's just pray for these that the Lord will unstop ears and, and not even need the doctor uh, nothing against doctors they're good and, and they spend a lot of time going to school but God's still the great physician 
And so let's remember these in our prayers tonight. My bet you'd have a need or prayer request you'd like to mention. Sister Sherry? Hmm. Yeah, she did. She banged up a knee pretty bad, and it looked pretty swollen. So uh, I saw a picture of that. So let's remember Brenda Norton in our prayers. Anyone else? And let's pray for... Uh, this uh, pastoral candidate that's coming uh, a week from Sunday, just pray that we'll just be have God's mind and God's peace about um, you know what we're doing, because we still in the whole thing we still want God's choice, because that's what's going to work for us. Okay. Yeah, so let's continue to remember Donna Phelps in our prayers. Anyone else tonight? All right, if you will, set stand together and take these needs and this service to the Lord in prayer tonight and then remain standing when we're through praying to Sister uh, Julie and Brother Dennis lead us in worship. Father God, as we come to you tonight, we give you praise and we give you honor and glory because you're God. Because you are our God, because that you love us, you care for us, you are your concern and loving kindness, Father, is better than life. One of the writers of your word, I think the psalmist said that your loving kindness was better than life. And we thank you, Father God, that in your presence that is always with us because you never leave us or forsake us is everything we need for life and for godliness. And we thank you for that, Lord. We give you the praise and the honor and the glory because you are a good Heavenly Father, because you love us and because you care about us, each and every one of us. You know what we're going through. You know what touches our hearts and our lives. And Father God, we just know that as we come to you with these requests, as we present them, Lord, you already know. But Father, you have said in your word that if we will ask, we will receive. And Father God, we can ask in faith believing, Lord, that not only for ourselves, but for those that we are praying for, those that we're praying about, that Father God, you will minister in their hearts and in their lives. We pray, Father God, uh, for these, Lord, that are uh, struggling, Lord, with, with hearing problems. The ears are not working like they want them to, and Lord, like they were designed to. And I just pray, Father God, that you'll lay your hand. Touch Brother Gerald, and Lord, mine, touch my wife, Faith, and, and touch uh, Sister Kathy. Lord, others that may be suffering as well. I pray Father God, that you touch and that you heal and minister in their hearts and their lives. Lord, just continue to touch. And Sister Donna Phelps, Lord God, just minister to her, Lord, spirit, soul, and body. Touch and heal, Lord God, and restore uh, uh, the ability to move and the ability, Lord, to swallow and to talk, Lord God, and just lift her up. And may your healing power flow through her. May you, Holy Spirit, we ask you just to surround and envelop her in your mighty presence as well. Strengthen and encourage her spirit, soul, and body as well. Father, we ask, Lord God, that you just continue to guide and direct us, Lord, uh, for the, the candidate that's coming. Lord God, give us your mind. Give us your peace, Lord God about this and Lord that it be if this is your choice Lord help us to know that we know that we know 
that this is what you have in mind and this is what you have in store, Lord God, for our hearts and our lives. Uh, Father God, we pray for um, Brother James and Sister Lisa and, and Parker tonight, Lord God, as they are dealing with the loss of Brother James's mother and, and Parker's grandmother, Lord. I just pray, Father God, that your peace that passes all understanding will just surround and envelop them. Lord God, that you will give them the comfort, Lord, of knowing that you are right there, that you are with them, that you're walking with them, that you're helping them, Lord, that you will guide and direct them, Lord, in, in the decisions that have to be made, Lord, in the days that are to come, and that, Lord, they can look to you for the strength that they need each and every day, and that you are there to give them that strength. You're there to give them that peace. Lord, may yet peace that passes all understanding flood their hearts and their minds, Lord God as they look to you, Lord God, as they go through the things that have to be done, Lord, if what the occasion is demanding for them right now, Father, just help them, Lord, to go with it step by step and day by day, trusting you and believing you, Lord, and you that you will show yourself mighty in their behalf. Lord, God, and direct us as we study your word tonight. Help us, Lord, to better understand it, Father God. And I pray, Father, Lord, that our worship and our praise to you will be done in spirit and in truth, Lord God, and that, Holy Spirit, you have complete liberty in this place tonight to touch and to move and to minister to every heart and life, Lord, that is here, that may be watching, Lord, that may hear this later on at some point in time. That, Father, the Holy Spirit, we ask you in the name of Jesus to reach out and touch hearts and lives and have your way in this service tonight, we pray. In the name of Jesus, we ask it. And all of God's people said, Amen. my soul his blood has covered my sin I believe I believe my shame is taken away my pain is healed in his name I believe oh I believe and I raise a banner for my Lord has conquered the my sin I believe oh I believe my shame is taken away my pain is healed in his name I believe oh I believe and I'll raise a bad Redeemer. 
Father. Father, we thank you that you can sense our needs, Father. You know before we know, God, not only what what we need, but what's in store for us, God. And you walked before it. You'll walk with it, and you'll walk behind it, God, as you move us through on your path, Father. Help us, God, to be receptive of your presence, receptive of your Holy Spirit just receptive of you, God, and what you have for us. Father, leave nothing out tonight, God. Jesus, Jesus, Lord. Oh, he's worthy, he's worthy. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Isn't it? 
about as we were singing that there are two instances in the Bible that come to my mind one is Isaiah in chapter 6 when he said in the year that Uzziah died I saw the Lord and then John on the Isle of Patmos when he reaches and God carries him in the spirit and shows him things that will be hereafter he sees that throne it has got to be beyond our ability to describe I think John did the best that he could but I don't think he did it justice Sister Julie I think there's a day coming when what we're going to see will just simply astound us but it's home do you realize church that's where home is where dad is that's where home is Father God is there. It is His throne. Jesus shares it with Him. The angels cry, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. And He reigns and He rules this entire universe in the palm of His hand. He spread it out, put it in existence. Can we sing that chorus one more time, please, Miss Julie? Oh, my dear, who has and is and is. 
Nothing like being in the presence of the Holy God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I believe it was the psalmist David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Amen. He also makes a statement another, in another place in the Psalms. As the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs after you. Amen. And those that long for him, those that seek him, will be found of him. Amen. Amen. In your Bibles tonight, we want to look for a few moments at the book of First John, chapter 3. <clears throat> and I want to start at verse 11 tonight. Uh, I would encourage you, challenge you, dare you, <laughs> To read the whole chapter uh, about what First John, what John writes to the church. Um, I want to go back and real look. He just, I thought maybe he talked about who he was writing this to, but he just he just starts off. So he's talking to the church. Whether you know, you wonder sometimes whether they they had any indication or any understanding that what they were writing it makes you wonder if they knew how long this Bible would be around I, I would think were you to be able to talk to them and in today they were to come and for a few moments and talk with us they probably never dreamed in their farthest imagination of their mind that the words they had written even though they were inspired by God even though they knew at the time they were writing they were writing those words they were important to those they were writing to and to those churches but I, bet I have a feeling they had no idea how big God's plan really was and neither do we God's plan still going church God's plan is still in effect. God is still doing what he wants to do. God is still in endeavoring to reach the lost. He's endeavoring to bring in those that need to know him. He's been doing it for centuries. He's going to still do it until, when, until he says time's up. If, he lasts, if it lasts another 150,000 years or if it lasts another 150 days, he's going to be doing what he wants done. And we are to be about his business as well. First John chapter 3, beginning at verse 11. Let me get over there to it. Reading from the uh, ESV, English Standard Version. This is the message you have heard from the beginning. We should love one another. We must not be like Cain who belonged to the evil one and killed his brother. And why did he kill him? 
because Cain had been doing what was evil and his brother had been doing what was righteous. Let me stop there real quick because you remember that when Cain and Abel offered their sacrifices, God did not accept Cain's sacrifice. It wasn't the sacrifice as much as it was Cain's heart condition. And I'm not talking his physical heart condition. I'm talking about his spirit man. Because God tapped me and he was, he was upset and, and he asked God, why didn't you accept my, my, why didn't you accept my sacrifice? Why wasn't this good enough? I worked hard to do all this, to do all this. But God said, if I didn't accept it, it means that sin lies at the door. John tells us here, under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, that Cain had been doing what was evil. He had a track record. We all have a track record. Sometimes good and sometimes not so good. I will speak for myself. I'm sure mine can use improvement. You can say amen or oh me, whichever. <laughs> but all of us have a track record. And so what the, 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 the Apostle John here is writing to us is about not only loving one another, but he's talking about in those first 10 verses of chapter 3 about doing what is right. If we live and are doing righteous things, then we're righteous. Why? Not because of what we're doing, but because of who we're doing it for. Righteousness is not something that you and I have within ourselves. There is none righteous, no, not one, except for Jesus. But because he is righteous and because we have made him Savior and Lord of our lives, then the things that we try to do, the people that we try to help, the lives that we try to influence for God and because of the love we have for God and the love we have for those people, our acts become righteous. And so we do those over and over again. Be not weary in well-doing, the Apostle Paul says, for in due season you'll reap if you don't give up. Now, that's, I'm going to paraphrase that in, in, in Allen version. But in other words, he says, keep on doing what you know is right. Don't give up. And when the time is right, when God in his, in his wisdom, when God in his understanding, when it's time to be rewarded, he will make sure that it's done more than what we probably deserve. Why? Because he loves us. We understand, we talk about this, but John wants us to understand something about what it means. So he says, if we do those things that are right in the eyes of God, be out of our respect for God, out of our love for God, and because of our love and our respect for what he, who he is and what he has done, we obey him. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. And he did, wasn't talking about just keeping them in your head. He's talking about doing his commandments. 
It's one thing to say it, and, and, John, and John will tell us this in a minute. It's one thing to say it, but it's a better when it is expressed in deed. What did James say? Show me your faith without your works. I'll show you my faith by my works. Faith without works is dead. And some people get that so confused. Well, if I do enough good things, if I do enough right, if I don't cheat on my taxing, if I treat my wife nice and don't talk bad to her and, and, and don't get smart aleck with her. Okay, she knows that's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. She, gets, she just turned around and get right smart aleck back with me. But we have all of these lists of do's and do's and do's, and if I do this and this and this, I'll be fine. No, you won't. But you are saved to do good works. Why did we know that? that? Jesus said, let your light so shine before men so that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. How is the world going to know? How is the world going to understand what it means to be a child of God if in our daily walk, if in the time that we leave this building and go about our daily activities for the rest of the week, if we don't ever do anything, how is the world outside these four walls going to understand what it means to be a child of God? We're the witnesses, church. We're the ones responsible for proclaiming with the lives that we live and, and the words of our testimony, but they've got to match. The word of our testimony and the act, conduct of our lives have to line up parallel with each other. Otherwise, what happens? We make ourselves a liar. You cannot serve God on Sunday and look all hot, righteous and all holy and stuff. How do we know that? Look at the scribes and the Pharisees that Jesus had to deal with. They went had their priestly robes on. They had their high priest robes on, all of this stuff. They went around just showing off. That's all they were doing. It all looked fine. It all looked wonderful. But what did Jesus say about them? He said, you're nothing more than a whitewashed grave. On the outside, you look pretty. On the inside, you're full of dead men's bones. On the inside is nothing but death and corruption and rottenness. You can take the most derelict house here in town or that you can think of right now in your head. You can give that rascal a good coat of paint and clean up the yard and everything and make everything look pretty on the outside. And if you never touch the inside of it, once somebody walks in the door, they're going to go, oh, boy, this thing, I need to walk back out. It's about to fall in on itself. But from the outside, it looks wonderful. I sense a little rabbit trail here. There's a lot of people that are doing their best to look good on the outside, but church, they're hurting on the inside. They are trying to hide the disappointment they have with themselves. They're trying to hide the, the failures that they've made time and time and time again. 
but they want it to look right. It's sad to me, and, and you, you, we've seen it. We, you know, all we have to do is go back and look. And especially at Hollywood, you see people that seemingly have it all. They've got all the money in the world they want. They're, people know their name. You know, everybody knows who they are. But how many of them have committed suicide because deep down inside they were hurting and didn't know where to go get it that fixed? It can't be fixed at a doctor's office. You can medicate the fire out of it all you want to, but it's not fixing the problem. I know people, I've seen them, I've worked with some that I know within reason that they were miserable, they were difficult to work with because they didn't like themselves and didn't know how to fix it. Didn't realize that Jesus could take them and change them and heal them and deliver them. So the works are important, but we've got to make sure that we're not hiding something else within our side. The Bible talks about, and I cannot remember exactly who said it, but said that there's a verse in the Bible that says, To thine own self be true. In other words, be honest with yourself. Be honest with yourself. Quit trying to fool yourself. People are doing that all the time. And the devil is destroying them right and left because they won't be honest with what's going on in their lives. This is the message John tells us. You heard from the beginning. We should love one another. We can't be like Cain because there was something wrong. Then in verse 13 he says, Don't be surprised, dear brothers and sisters, if the world hates you. Do you think maybe he's remembering what Jesus said when he was told his disciples before he left? If they hated me, they're going to hate you. Why? Because they are not of they are not of the same family we're a part of. They are not in the same relationship that you and I have tonight with Jesus and th- and with the Father. And because they don't understand or because that it pricks their conscience, they hate Christianity. It's getting so bad that even our government is trying to outlaw public prayer. Excuse me? As long as there are troubles and trials and difficulties and bad circumstances and storms and what have you, there, it may not be public, but there's going to be prayer made. And it needs to be by a lot of children of God that pray openly. If it means costing us something, Jesus said, if you're ashamed of me before men, I will be ashamed of you before my Father. We ought to be like blind Bartimaeus. He cried the louder. Why? Because Jesus Christ is still the answer for the world today. 
these little breakout revivals that we're seeing, these prayer meetings that are happening, or why are they happening? Because people are starting to realize that Jesus is the only answer and what we need more than anything else. And it's not necessarily, I, I, my wife said there's some Pentecostals who go, well, because they're not speaking in tongues and jumping in down and running up across the pews and all that. That's not revival. Yes, it is. If men and women and boys and girls are coming to know Jesus as Savior and Lord of their life, then it is a revival. Don't knock it. Don't say anything about it. And if you can't do anything else, get on your knees and pray about it till you get one. That didn't cost you anything extra. So many times we're looking at what's going on and when God wants us to jump in the middle of the river ourselves. God's willing. Church, I am absolutely convinced of that. God is willing to meet us more than halfway, but we got to take the first step. Brother Roger's message Sunday night was pretty good. You got to do what the occasion calls for. You want God? What does the occasion call for? Go to run to God. It's simple. God's no respecter of person. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how young you are. It doesn't matter how much money you've got in the bank or don't have in the bank. It doesn't matter how big or small your house or how fancy or, or, or plain Jane your car you drive is. God don't care about that stuff. What does God care about? God cares about a relationship with us. God cares that we know him and that he knows us. Verse 14, he says, If we love our Christian brothers and sisters, it proves that we have passed from death to life. Now, this, is the, this particular scripture is the one that the Lord just kept putting in my heart, and I'm going, okay, okay, we've passed from death. But I wonder if that preceding verse when he said, Remember, if the world hated him, don't be surprised if the world hates you. Sometimes people will say, you know, yeah, well, if I'm serving God and doing what I'm supposed to be doing, everybody's going to like me. Not. It's not going to happen. And I don't mean that disrespectfully. They don't understand it or they don't like it because it convicts them of the life they're living And he says, but don't use that as your ruler for how, what your spiritual life is like. If you love the brothers and the sisters, if you care about the congregation that you are a part of, regardless of their social standing, regardless of their financial background or standing in this world, regardless of anything else, if you love the children of God, you have passed from death unto life. Why is that important? Because too many times we let the enemy talk us into comparing our lives and what may not be going like we think. That, well, if I'd have been doing something right, you know, I wouldn't be going through this bad situation. You'll find me book, chapter, and verse for that. If you can prove it by the Bible, I'll accept it. But the Bible says many are the afflictions of the righteous. But the Lord delivereth them out or through them all. 
In this world you will have tribulation. Anybody tell me who said that? Jesus himself said it. In this world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And this is the victory. Paul says that overcomes the world, even our faith. Do not judge your relationship with God based on what's going on in your life right now. Why? It's going to change. The Apostle Paul says, I know how to be abased. I know how to abound. I know how to have a lot and I know how to have very little. But I have learned. People need to get a hold of what Paul tells us. I have learned. Whatever state I am in, therewith to be content. Life, I see here, uh, Godliness with contentment is great gain. And I can't remember. I think it's a psalmist said that maybe, but it's in the Bible. That much I know. I'd have to go look it up and tell you where. But godliness with contentment is great gain. What is the one of the, the outstanding characteristics of a Christian? Besides them living this life day in and day out, doing the best they can, it is godliness with contentment. Look at... I don't, how many of you watch people's faces? Not just in church. Is anybody a face looker? Look at her? I want to know how you are. She describe it. I look at people and I watch them go by. And I try not to stare, but it's just like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm taking mental notes as they walk by. More often than not, have you ever noticed that people, you look at their face and they are the saddest looking creatures on God's green earth? Why? Because there's no contentment. There's no peace. There's no joy. There's no hope. What does God offer? He offers peace. You know, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. Meekness, contentment, patience, long-suffering. I can't remember them all. There's nine of those. And as I've heard other preachers say, there's more than just those. Well, why? Why does he say the first is love, joy, and peace? Because that's the one thing the human soul, the human spirit craves more than anything else is love and joy and peace. You can't find it in anything the world gives. And it's not an absence of war. It's a peace that passes all understanding that he gives us. The other part of that verse says, but a person who has no love is still dead. Anyone who hates another brother or sister is really a murderer at heart, and you know that murderers don't have eternal life with them. We need to be careful that the decisions we make are not based on selfish motives because selfishness is a focus on oneself. I 
our little with the two little dogs we have. We have mother's dog now, and we have Copper. It's funny. Sometimes Copper he has this hamburger that I have to spend hours in the evening throwing. He does not get tired of it. But mother's little dog Fritz thinks that he wants to chase that hamburger too. The other day, I, we have live in a mobile home, and I threw it down the hallway, and there ensued the biggest growling. I mean, I thought I was fixed to go back here and start kicking dogs apart from each other. Biggest dog fight in the world. Why? Because somebody, now I don't know who, because I didn't see who started it, but I, I heard it going on, and that's when we hollered and they got their attention. But somebody got a little selfish and decided they wanted to be snippy about it, and so it went, It was on for a few minutes. Unfortunately, church, it happens inside church walls way too often. And it ought not to be. John tells us this is not the Christian way of doing things. Anyone who hates another brother or sister, if I can't love you for who you are, then God have mercy on my soul. I remember years ago I worked for a vending company. We had a guy that worked with us, and I told the Lord one day, I said, Lord, you're going to have to show me what you see in that man because I don't see one good thing about him whatsoever. He did. And I had the ability. And, and I don't say that. This, I'm not bragging about me. I'm bragging about what God did. He helped me to see what he saw in that man. And I could, I still didn't like his ways. Don't misunderstand me. I still didn't like them. But the thing about it was I could see what God saw and see that God wanted him to be part of his family. And that's true with everybody you and I meet. Verse 16, we know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. Church, do you realize he didn't have to do that? How do you know that? Why did he say in the garden, not my will, but thine be done? Because part of his humanity, maybe, was not looking forward to what was fixing to happen. Part of him, I think, dreaded the separation from the Father. He wasn't looking forward to that. That did not. But the Bible says, Paul writes and says, because of the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising its shame, and is set down at the right hand of the majesty on high. He said, not my will, Father, but yours be done. Jesus gave up his life for us. Otherwise, had he not done that, we wouldn't be sitting here tonight. Had Jesus not come, church, we wouldn't be here. We would still be dead in our sins.
So we ought also to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. I like something my commentary in here says. Real love is an action, not a feeling. It produces selfless, sacrificial giving. The greatest act of love is giving oneself for others. How can we give up our lives? By serving others with no thought of receiving anything in return. Sometimes it is easier to say we'll die for others than to truly live for them. Ouch. This involves putting others' desires first. Jesus taught this same principle of love in John 15, verse 13. Greater love hath no man this. I'm not sure that's the right verse, but the one that comes to mind is, Greater love hath no man than this, than a man lay down his life for his friends. And you are my friends if you do whatever I command you. That's what Jesus said. Love, it's an action. It is not a feeling. When God says he loves us, it is more of who he is than an emotional feeling. Now, I believe that God loves us, and, and there, I think God has emotion. We know he does. He got ang angry several times. Jesus got angry. So if he can get angry, he can love. But he loved more often than he got angry. The woman caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses said stoner, but it also said stone the guy she's with. And when he looks at her and says, where's your accuser? She said, they've already gone. They've left. Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Turn away from the life you're living and go live the right kind of life. Because he loved. Because he still loves. If someone has enough money to live well and sees a brother or sister in need but shows no compassion, how can God's love be in that person? Dear children, it is let us not merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions. Our actions will show that we belong to the truth so we will be confident of when we stand before God. Even if we feel guilty, God is greater than our feelings and he knows everything. Dear friends, if we don't feel guilty, we can come to God with a bold confidence. And we will receive from him whatever we ask because we obey him and do the things that please him. He ends that said the commandment is you've got to love Jesus. You've got to believe in the name of Jesus and you've got to love one another. What are the two great commandments Jesus was asked? The first is thou shalt love the Lord thy God. And with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And the second is like unto it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Whether you like their ways or not, that is not the point. That is not the commandment. We love our neighbor as ourself. But we have to love God first. Because I can guarantee you, you can't love your neighbor as yourself if you don't love God and you don't love Jesus first. It's not going to happen. That was Cain's problem. He was going through the motions, but there was no relationship. 
Abel went through the motions, but he also had a relationship. And because he had a relationship, God honored his sacrifice. I don't think it had anything to do with the fact that, that you know, Cain brought fruit and, and vegetables. I don't, th- I don't think it was it at all. I think it was the fact there was a relationship problem. The problem was Cain didn't have one and Abel did. And Cain got mad at his brother and killed him for it. Because God accepted Abel's sacrifice, Abel's sacrifice and not Cain's. Lord, help us that we don't do the same thing today. Call ourselves Christians. It won't work. Just bow your heads in prayer. Father God, thank you for your word. I pray, Lord, that you have helped us to better understand what you're talking about. Lord, and help us, Lord, to understand it. But Lord, most important of all, help us to put it into practice. Lord, help us not to be the people that just say we love and, and go about life like everything's okay. Help us to see people as you see them. Help us to love them as you love them. Help this Lord, to somehow, in our own personal ways that, that we deal with people, to just show them your great love. Just let them know that you want them as part of your family, that you want that same relationship with them that we have with you. Lord, you want us to be able, and you want all of us to be able to say, Abba, Father, Daddy, God, if you will, Lord, without being disrespectful. For, Lord, we have parents or we, and we, are, we have kids, and sometimes when our kids, the, the, the best word they, that my, my daughters call me, Lord, is Dad, because they say it with love and affection, and they mean it. Father, help us, Lord, to live it in such a way that the rose around us see it. Help us to remember not to to measure our relationship with you based on the circumstances we're in. If you are God, if Jesus is Savior and Lord of our lives, then the circumstances are going to change. They're going to get better. They may get worse. They may go part way that we want to and part of the way we don't. But, Lord, it doesn't change our relationship with you. And I pray, Father God, that we will love in word and in deed. Father, I pray, Lord, for those that are listening tonight that don't know you. Father, I pray that they will understand that Jesus gave his life offered himself because he was the only thing. He was the only personality that would would be able to die that could buy eternal life for us. And Lord, for those that don't know you, that do not realize that Jesus can be and wants to be Savior and Lord of their lives, I pray, Father, that the Holy Spirit will help them to realize that. Father, I pray that you'll help them to just call upon your name and say, Jesus, come into my life. Lord, I believe that you lived. I believe that you died. You rose again. And you did it all for those that didn't know you. 
And, Lord, that was all of humanity. It made no difference who we were. The Word says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There is none righteous, no, not one. But when we come to you and we make Jesus Savior and Lord of life, when we ask him to come live in us, help us to, to grow and to develop and to be pleasing and acceptable to the Father, that, Father, all of us have to come that same way. We have to say, Jesus, come into my life. Give them the courage. Give them the boldness. Give them the freedom, Holy Spirit, to say, Jesus, come into my life and know the love that you give, that you died to give to each and every man, woman, boy, and girl that would call upon your name, that would believe in you. And the Lord then help us to take the love we've received in you, from you and show it to those around us and show it to those that we come in contact with, those that we may work with, those that we do business with, those that in our family, Lord, that may not know you. Help us, Lord, to show them your love, genuinely caring for them and letting them know that God does love them because he loves through us to them. Guide and direct us, Father God, and help us, Lord, in all that we do to bring honor and glory and praise to your name. For you are worthy of all honor and glory and praise, Father, in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, Amen. The Lord bless you. I hope to see you Sunday morning. Remember, time we lose an hour Saturday night. Jump that clock ahead one. So don't be late for church. Don't be late for Sunday school. Okay? The Lord bless you all.